Chapter Thirteen of David Ransom's Watch by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Thirteen. I have let it go. Reader's note: The letter is full of misspelled words. Dear Ben, I hope you won't come back to read this. I mean, I hope when you come, I shall be with you, and then you won't ever read it, for I'll snatch it and burn it up. I'd rather talk. I could tell you all about it easier, I guess, but I've got to write it for fear after all that I might miss you, and you get home first. Oh, Ben, I just can't stand this any more. I know you'll laugh at me and call me full of notions, but I am sick. I am, Ben, truly. I don't imagine it. I have got a pain in my side that stays now most all the time, and when I go upstairs, I lose my breath and feel like I was going to faint. Sometimes I'm afraid I'll drop baby. I almost did once, and I was so scared I just panted for breath, and that scared baby, and she cried awful. I keep thinking what if I should get so I couldn't take care of her, or if I should die some one of these times when I can't get my breath, what would become of her? And there's another thing, Ben, I can't work at the machine any more. It makes my heart beat so you can't think. And we haven't got much of anything left to eat. At the corner grocery, they say we must pay up before they'll sell us any more. And at Jones's, they look so hateful at me that I can't bear to go there. That Jones boy sneers and giggles when I tell him you will be home soon and tend to the bill. Mrs. Jackson is real kind. She says I don't eat enough that I wouldn't be so weak if I eat nourishing things, but I can't eat, and if I could, I couldn't get the things. But I don't mind that, only for baby. But then baby won't mind now if I don't eat, for I'm weaning her. I had to, because I was getting so weak, and then there's another reason. I don't know what you'll say, but I have sat here alone, and thought and thought, till I shall go crazy if I don't do something. Ben, it's more than three months since I've heard a word from you, and I've been out of money for six weeks, and I can't stand it any longer. I'm going to carry baby to Dave. I am, Ben. I've made up my mind to it. I know he's good, and so is she. I found a lot of letters that they wrote to you a good while ago, and I cried over them. They was so kind and good." Ben, I can't have this baby die like the others did. I just can't. She's so sweet and cunning, nobody could help loving her. And she's real strong, too. And I keep thinking that I'll die in some of my spells that I don't make up, Ben, honest I don't, and I don't imagine them. They are real enough. And if I should leave her all alone, and me dead. Don't you see it most makes me crazy? Sometimes Mrs. Jackson don't come in for a day or two, and she might cry herself to death, and I can't bear it. I've got all ready, and tomorrow morning I'm going. I've studied out the way, and I know where you change cars at the North Shore Junction, and I've got enough of Miss Hannah's present to buy me a ticket. She told me to keep it till I needed it for something particular, and I always have, though I never told you and I know there will never be anything more particular to me than this is. It ain't as though this was a sudden thing, Ben. I've thought about it a good while, ever since I begun to have them bad spells that you laughed at. 
but i never was sure just when i'd do it till now and there's another thing i'm going to take that watch along for dave i can't bear to leave it here alone and i know you always meant to send it to him when you got around to it i'm going to put the cord around baby's neck and sew a little pocket into her petticoat and pin it into it then dave will have his father's watch and it won't seem so kind of lonesome for baby don't you know i told you it was the very first thing she took notice of it makes me feel better about leaving her to think it will be where she can look at it but i ain't going to let anybody know who i am or who she is he won't know it's his father's watch because it is just exactly like dozens of them in the watchmaker's windows i've taken particular notice so he can't tell it and he won't think of such a thing of course i've planned it all out because i think you wouldn't like to have dave know not till you get ready to tell him so i'm going to manage some way to get this baby into his arms and then slip away sometimes it seems as though i didn't care what become of me so that i got baby safe into his arms i know there'll be such kind good arms but i ain't being wild and foolish for all that just as soon as i get baby safe i shall go and hunt for you and i'm making believe that i'm sure of finding you and that we'll come home together then i think maybe you will take me to see dave and his wife and get baby and maybe you will manage so that i can go and live near to them i could manage with just one room and then if anything should happen while you was away baby would be took care of you don't know ben what it is for a mother to think that maybe she will have to leave her baby all of a sudden and nobody to see to her i can't bear that any longer i know i can't oh dear i don't want to cry i want to finish this letter though i hope you won't ever read it i can't make it sound like i want to i never could with writing but if anything should happen before i see you i want to tell you something it's something that i tried to tell you before and a good many times i've planned out just what to say but it didn't ever seem to have a good chance i want you to know ben that i love you better than anything else that there ever could be in all this world better even than baby and i always have and always shall no matter what happens but i know now that you oughtn't to have married me we both made a mistake i ain't anyways good enough for you and i had ought to have known it i know you've had to be ashamed of me lots of times you couldn't help it but i never had chances like you did and i'm awful sorry for you but for all that we are married and we can't help it now and don't you think we ought to live together as much as we can for baby's sake if i hadn't have thought so i'd have gone away a good while ago for your sake but miss hannah talked to me very solemn about marriage and i believe it she was a good woman miss hannah was i'm not running away ben don't you believe that for a minute and if i don't find you i'll come back here and wait and when you come if you don't like taking me to dave's why you can write and ask them to keep baby until i get a little bit stronger so i won't feel afraid of dying and leaving her all alone and then there's another thing oh dear one of my spells is coming on and i can't finish and there won't be any time in the morning i can't get my breath oh ben maybe 
then came a blank the long letter was unfinished and unsigned but to the man who read it with a stricture at his heart such as in all his careless life he had never felt before it needed no signature the entire letter had been a revelation to him of his meaner self he was not a bad man in the strictest sense of the word he was simply a careless self-loving man who had married a wife by what he chose to call an accident and who since his babies came had not lived at home long enough even to help bury the two who were gone or to grow attached to the one who was left but he had not realized that lucy cared very much about that nor had he in the least understood how the long lonely days had preyed upon her he had not meant to be cruel and he indulged even at that moment in a passing spasm of self-pity why need lucy have been the kind of a woman who must sit at home and cry instead of going out and making acquaintances and having a good time with her friends he would have found no fault in such doings there was no jealousy about him it had been all a mistake from beginning to end if that confounded hannah stearns had not meddled but he had not meant to be so long without writing and he had not realized that she had needed things which she could not get nor had she for that matter wasn't it just like a silly woman to go without nourishing food and hoard up that piece of gold to waste in the wildest freak that ever was imagined she must have been out of her mind for she certainly had a good deal of common sense about most things perhaps she was really ill and not full of imaginings as he had supposed it was true that he had laughed at her symptoms and even made a pun about them assuring her that whenever he received a letter from her he had no difficulty in believing that she had bad spells but he must not sit glooming here what was to be done first in order to find her a woman too ill by her own account to care for her baby had undertaken a long hard journey with no one to look after either her or the child how did she expect to find dave when she had never seen him and knew only in the vaguest way where he lived he had not known before that she had even so much knowledge but she had mentioned the north shore junction with that name came the feeling again that his head was bursting for all the while this man knew that he had been forcing into the background that newspaper account of an accident and a death and a handkerchief that might have the name lucy on it and a shabby pocket-book with a scrap of paper that said my darling but it persisted in coming to the front he drew out the paper and read again every detail of the story then he found his time-table and studied trains and looked at his watch a gold one with a pretentious chain at length his mind took in the lateness of the hour and he started up hurriedly or tried to hurry though he stumbled and groped like a man suddenly awakened from sleep once more he opened the door of the little corner closet and saw only barrenness and neatness lucy was a neat even a dainty housekeeper and everything was in order he felt faint but there was no time to go out in search of food he stumbled upstairs and opened a drawer or two in search of handkerchiefs the bed was made 
and the little crib dressed in white and with a delicately frilled pillow slip was empty and silent like everything else in the house mr ransom stood and stared at the little bed with a strange choking sensation at his throat just then he felt like he would give everything he had in the world for a sight of a brown head bobbing about on its pillow he turned from it and made a dash down the stairs set down the lamp turning the wick low drew the shade of the window near which it was and groped his way to the door leaving mrs jackson's key where he had placed it in the lock outside and took long strides in the direction of the station he must make connection with the morning train for the north shore junction on the second morning thereafter he was pacing the platform of the great western station presumably waiting for a train as he tramped rapidly back and forth to keep the chill of the early morning out of his blood he told himself that of course he was going to take the westbound accommodation which should be along in five minutes and which should land him in two hours time within reach of the old home and give him opportunity to read for a certainty the other chapter of his life tragedy the day before had been a terrible one to him arriving at westport he had gone directly to the samaritan hospital and taken the necessary steps to enable him to get a view of that dead stranger's face and had known even before the covering was removed from the face that he was looking upon all that was left of lucy he knew as he stood there that he had been sure of it all the time he had lived through the trying details that followed managing everything in an eminently respectable manner he had not chosen to claim the stranger as his wife simply he told himself because he did not care to feed the curiosity of the gaping crowd it was sufficient that he knew her that she was an estimable woman who was known to have heart trouble and who ought never to have been allowed to travel alone the remains he would take charge of and attend to their interment and as soon after reaching headquarters as he could bring it to pass whatever expenses had been incurred in her behalf should be settled he was waiting now for the official details necessary before the body could be removed by train the afternoon express being the earliest train that could be planned for this would give him three hours at dave's provided he took the westbound train which would be due in a few minutes he had told himself when he came to the station that of course he was going out to dave's how else could he be sure about the child as he paced the station platform he told himself how terrible it was that he should have to go back home under such circumstances there would be very little time too for explanations even without that lifeless trust to call him at once to the city he should have to go as soon as possible to report to his firm besides what was he to say about many things of course the child was with them he had not for a moment thought as to the contrary lucy would never have been boarding a train southward and alone if she had not left the child in the only arms that she was willing to trust he acknowledged the trust as well placed without doubt dave and margaret would care for the little one until such time as he could receive her possibly it would be better for all parties concerned if he should not go to them just now 
hadn't he borne enough they would certainly be able to understand his shrinking from any further scenes he could write and tell them all about lucy's strange hallucination as made plain in her letter to him without doubt she had been ill in a fever probably with one fixed idea the desire to get the baby safe into dave's arms he would tell them how fully he understood why her delirium should take that form they could see from it how much and how tenderly he had talked about them both being the man he was the fact that he had never spoken a dozen connected words to lucy about either of them did not even occur to him what other solution of her conduct was there he would ask dave to write what particulars he could about the sad affair and beg him and margaret to care for the child a little while of course he would repay them for any outlay they might have to make and as soon as possible he would try to gather up the fragments of his broken home and make some kind of arrangement so that he could at least be near his little one it struck him that that way of putting the case was very appropriate and he realized once more that it would be far wiser to write it than talk it still and at that moment the accommodation for the west gave its warning whistle and thundered up to the station he had been walking and was some distance from it he turned at once and retraced his steps but he did not hasten he was still considering while he considered and just as he told himself he had decided that it would be better to go the bell rang out its warning and the train sped away i have let it go after all mr ransom said regretfully End of chapter thirteen